Hello and welcome to the One Foot Down Podcast. This is our 33rd episode. We haven't been uh, recording in a while. June 9th was our last podcast, so it's been almost two months since we did anything like this. Uh, with me on the podcast today is one of our newer writers, Jamie. How you doing? I'm doing great. Cool. Uh, like I said, long time since we did a podcast. Uh, we've been enjoying the summer. I just wanted to run down real quickly kind of the things that have gone on with Notre Dame uh, in that time frame. Uh, we had Treadway, Coleman, Taylor, Crawford, Yoon, and Adams, and Boykin all commit uh, in that time frame. Tons of commits in the summer, uh, one of the more busier summers that I can recall since I've been following Notre Dame. Um, Will Mahone was arrested and then eventually learned suspended from school. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be part of the uh, team and university for this season and possibly into next year, um, into 2015. We had the Irish Invasion, went off pretty well. We found out the series with Georgia in 2017 and 2019 is definitely a go. The Under Armour contract started on July 1st. We saw Niall Sykes transfer to Indiana. Um, we made our way through the top 75 losses, which I know everyone just loves so much. And uh, <laughs> we saw the new field turf being put down, which they're still completing right now. They've got the uh, the logo in, and the shamrocks in. I think they're going to paint on everything else. So it was a pretty busy summer. Um, you know, we yeah, kind of... Very busy summer. Yeah, we... Uh, Today we're, we're going to focus on the fall camp um, because football is only a few days away, which is really fun and really awesome. Um, today I have about seven questions that I'm going to pose to Jamie, and uh, let's get started on that. Sounds great. Okay, so just straight out of the gate, my first question to you is, and I'm doing my 14 for 14 on the site with some, some of the bigger storylines as fall camp approaches. In your mind, Jamie, what is the top storyline as the Irish um, start practicing again here soon? Uh, I mean, the top storyline has to be uh, quarterback, and just just because it's not officially uh, Everett Golson hasn't officially won the job yet, which everyone expects him to win the job, but it sounds like Zaire is going to get a shot, and uh, sounds like the staff loves him. Um, but uh, other than other than that, uh, I, I think everyone though expects Golson to eventually win that job. So um, uh, other than that, to me, it's uh, health. And uh, I mean, there isn't a ton of injuries coming in, other than uh, you know Jared Grace maybe being one that stands out as someone you'd like to hear a little bit about during camp because he's hasn't really played in such a long time. But just general health of the team because uh, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions uh, with with the roster, and uh, you want to see some of the guys who, uh, like especially like you know Jalen Smith, the guys that uh, ND's really going to count on this year. You want to see them stay healthy, um, you know, obviously throughout the whole season, but definitely through camp, and um, you know, be ready for uh, Rice when. Uh, when that gets going. Yeah, the uh, I'm looking at our little living roster that we that we save, and um, this is probably the most healthy I've seen the roster in a long time. Um, Lombard was injured. I believe he's healthy now. Uh, Martin as well. Springman. Council, I believe all those guys should be healthy 100%. Uh, I know Butler had, I believe, a shoulder 
issue during the spring. He had surgery on that, and I think he should be good. And like you said, Grace is really the only somewhat large question mark, and it sounds like the staff's at least hopeful that he'll be able to participate in fall camp, although it remains to be seen how much he'll be able to uh, produce in camp and then into the beginning of the season. But got to be uh, pretty excited and happy about the health on this roster. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, just, you know, you mentioned all the guys that you just want to see. Uh, and you definitely want to hear how uh, Butler is competing uh, at cornerback. And Springman, obviously, it was a huge loss uh, not having him last year. So you want to you want to hear how he's doing. And uh, But, yeah, you just want uh, – you don't want any setbacks. You don't want uh, – you don't want any of those guys to, uh, you know, uh, re-aggravate something that – that uh, an old injury, you want those guys to be healthy come uh, come race and be able to, to actually play when the games really count. Now, this isn't one of our official questions, but I'll pose it to you anyway. If there was one position where you think Notre Dame can't avoid an injury or two, what would it be? Uh, well, I mean, other than the obvious uh, quarterback, to me it's, it's defensive tackle. Um, you know, I, I, re- I really like... The two guys that sound like it's like it sounds like it's going to be uh, Sheldon Day at the three technique and uh, Jaron Jones uh, playing the one technique, uh, and uh, it sounds like we got a pretty good duo there. Um, but behind them, uh, you know, there's I just mentioned Springman. There's questions with his health. Um, you know, not really sure. Uh, you know, is a is a freshman like Daniel Cage going to play? Um, you know, if that guy, if, if he has to play a lot more, I think that's, you know, it's never good for a freshman D-tackle to play a lot. Um, you know, uh, it's just, it would be a, it would be a scary thing if, if either uh, Day or Jones got hurt, in my opinion. I'd be, I'd be, I would be pretty worried about the run defense. All right, now let me jump back to uh, the quarterback again. And this is our second question, and it is, how long do you think Kelly will wait to name a starting quarterback? I think... In the past, in these situations, he's usually waited about two weeks, about half of fall camp. Do you think he's going to wait about that same time again? Yeah, that's what, actually what I was I was exactly going to say. I think it's going to be a couple weeks. You know, you know, maybe maybe uh, a couple weeks to ten days before the Rice game. I think he'll uh, probably name uh, his guy or or uh, Andy's guy for it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I. It's just a good idea, just to, to I think establish that, uh, and and even if uh, so, imagine Golson is the guy. Uh, Zaire, it sounds like he will play no matter what. So is there going to be a package for Zaire? And you want to kind of establish that before you don't want to go in, um, you know, uh, or uh, who, who knows though? Maybe Kelly won't name. Uh, maybe Golson will be named internally but he won't officially name Golson mm-hmm. um, you know for a, for a while but they'll be uh, Zaire uh, before then right so I, I guess we don't know but I, I would expect in a, in a couple weeks at a camp yeah and I'm, I'm interested to see how he would announce it it's, I don't know I kind of envision Kelly kind of just saying it off the cuff at a press conference you know like well ever Golson's going to be our starter and it just, yeah, that's yeah, kind of how he announces it to the exactly how I expect him to do it. Yeah. So I don't know, like you said, 
how does he handle the whole Zaire situation? It seems like a lot of people are expecting Zaire to really battle him and, you know, if not win this job, at least play a lot this year. So, um, the, the one thing, uh, so, sorry to interrupt, but uh, the one thing about Zaire, I, I think we can kind of feel all feel good about is if he if he somehow won the job, he would win the job. It wouldn't be because. Uh, Golson was terrible or whatever. I mean, we've heard good stuff about Golson, mm -hmm. and I think we we already have a good idea about Golson since he's played. And uh, obviously, uh, Kelly's got you know some confidence in him based on uh, you know how he performed before, um, you know as as a redshirt freshman. But uh, you know if if Zaire some if somehow Zaire won the job. Uh, I don't think anyone could feel bad about it because that would mean he won it. it he didn't win by default. Uh, he was the better guy, and if if he's better than Ever Golson, then I think he's a pre I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Do you think there's what do you think the odds of that happening are? I think it's decent, pretty low. I think it's pretty it's pretty slim. I I would put it at like you know five percent or something like that. But yeah. But I mean, it could happen. Right and uh, you know we're not there. We're not we're not there. Uh, you know evaluating these guys. You know they did get to work with with them uh, during the summer, uh, not on the field, but got to meet with them in the uh, in, in the meeting room and stuff too. So you know we you never hear anything from uh, Matt Lafleur, and we're never gonna we're you know we'll probably hear two words from him all season because that's the way it goes with Notre Dame assistants, but. Uh, you know, I mean, it would be great to know what he thinks of the whole situation and, and what, what Kelly thinks, uh, you know, some uh, some more candid remarks from it. But anytime he's talked about it publicly since the spring, um, you know, maybe it's because of how the media uh, ask him, but it just seems like a foregone conclusion. They like they always ask about Everett Golson and... He's brought up Zaire, being like, "Oh, don't count on Zaire," but I, I, you know, I just don't buy it the way he's talked about goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, I would agree with that. So, you know, there's gonna be a lot of focus on the defense with this camp, a new defensive coordinator. What position on that defense do you think you need to see a couple players step up in this fall practice? Defensive end. Uh, I, I mean. There's a couple different positions I could, you could say uh, linebacker as well. A couple different linebacker positions, but uh, for me, defensive end. Um, I think it was one of those positions in the spring. Although you know you heard some good, there were some good flashes from Romeo Quara. You know you're still not sold on him because he hasn't played. Uh, and obviously, Ishak Williams, like. Uh, you know, five star coming out of high school, and really, it just has not even really flashed five star potential uh, in games yet. Like he's looked decent, but he he's not, he hasn't been the pass rushing threat that people expect him to be when he signed with Notre Dame. Uh, you know, when Bob Diaco famously waited outside his house till five in the morning or wherever it was. But um, yeah, I I really want to see. Defensive end, you want to hear, you know, is, you know, you hear things about Trumbetti, like how, how is he going to beat some of the other young guys, Johnny Williams? I really want to hear how he does, um, but, I mean, to to me, uh, 
you know, Isaac Rochelle, like, is he going to play defense? And to me, he's going to move inside uh, and eventually play defensive tackle, but I don't know. What's his weight at? Maybe he's 265. You know, you never know until we get those mm-hmm. early uh, reports of, of how they're doing, but, I mean, I'm really, really interested to hear how the competition goes at defensive end. You know, is Eshaq Williams just going to finally just kind of, like, take hold of that spot and you know, be someone that, uh, you know, ND fans can kind of look forward to watching. That's what I wrote down as well, defensive end. I don't really feel good about that position, both in terms of who's on the roster and uh, in, in recruiting, obviously. It's kind of been a struggle right now, even though everyone wants to talk about the quarterback position. Um, you know, I like Blankenship, Trombetti. Um, you brought up Johnny Williams, Maybe something like Colin Hill, and I'll talk about them later in the podcast. But you know, I'm kind of I'm concerned with Aquar and Williams. I don't know. I mean, what if one of those guys gets injured? I know you brought up defensive tackle, but uh, if one of those guys gets injured, I don't even know where this team's going to turn for you know a starter there. I I like having Trumbetti as a true freshman. You know, being able to give you some third down snaps and stuff like that. But as an every down defensive end. I'm just, I'm worried. I'm intrigued. You know, this is a big focus for me. And, and like you said, you know, somebody like Rochelle, maybe Matuska, are these guys really going to be defensive ends in this in this scheme, or are they going to be guys that are more on the interior? We think these guys are going to be interior linemen, and you could probably throw Springman in there as well. He's played pretty well on the inside, and he's got a little bit of ability on the outside. But you know, with Brian Van Gorder's system, I don't know if those guys really fit all that well at defensive end. So, And then it goes hand-in-hand hand with that comment is, are we going to see more pressure from the linebackers because we're not getting a lot of pressure from our defensive ends? So, you know, I'm interested to see how that kind of, you know, goes hand-in-hand hand and works in the fall camp and then into the season. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I definitely think, I mean, it sounds like, you know, Van Gore is going to blitz quite a bit more than Diaco. I know Diaco is pretty conservative when it comes to blitzing. Uh, uh, you know, unless it's in the red zone, he was a big believer in ramping up the pressure. Uh, once they got down to the red zone, but um, I just, yeah, it, I mean, it's getting to the quarterback is just, it's kind of scary to think of uh, what, like, because there, there's no definitive answers of how Andy is going to look there. And uh, although, you know, I, I really like um, uh, the cornerback situation and the depth, and Kavari Russell is a great player and really looking forward to watching him this year. But um, you just don't know. Like, anytime you can get a four-man rush rather than bringing five or six, uh, you know, that's a good thing. And I, I don't know if Andy's going to be in that position because you just don't know about uh, Williams, Aquara, Trabetti, whoever. Like, you know, where's the pass rush going to come? Where's the, where, Who is going to be uh, that edge rusher that we need for this team? Do you think with the new system that we're going to see some of these players looking a lot better as pass rushers as opposed to under Diaco where, you know, for as talented as Tua was, he's... 320 pounds, and there's only so much a guy that size can do while chasing a 200-pound person around with the ball. So do you think 
you know, with a system, Aquara's a lot lighter than someone like Tuit. Do you think we're going to be possibly pleasantly surprised by their uh, their speed and their agility and their, you know, ferociousness coming off the edge? I, I definitely uh, a more pass rush friendly system. Um, you know, f- for the ends, definitely compared to, uh, you know, uh, it playing a five technique at the end. Uh, I I don't know, you know, if if Aquara is going to be playing a wide nine and just let loose or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think he's going to be in a better situation to to rush the passer, and you'll get to kind of see like it, you know. You, People got to remember Aquara and, and Williams. They were technically linebackers uh, in the previous scheme, but right. if they signed with another school, they would have been four three ends this whole time. So yeah, um, you know, it's just we didn't get to see them doing doing that. And uh, Aquara, like you didn't really see him on a regular basis, uh, especially like Aquara. They would line him up sometimes in the interior just to get like an extra pass rusher mm-hmm. out there. Like, I'll, I want to see him rush off the edge. And, you know, they weren't taking Prince Shembo off the field in those situations. And although he, you know, he had his moments, I don't think anyone uh, is going to pine for the days of Prince Shembo, you know. Or I I hope not, at least. Because <laughs> if that's the case, then we're probably not that great uh, pass rushers. But, I mean, gosh, would it be great if one of those guys, uh, you know, emerged in this system and bid and became uh, a double-digit sack guy. All right, let's talk about the freshmen. I know everyone loves to project what these guys are going to do. Let's talk about what you expect from them for this season. True freshmen here, who do you think is going to get legit playing time? I wrote down, and these are guys that I just think, if I had to pick right now, I think they're going to play this year and to varying degrees. I put down Nelson, Brent, Trombetti, Hayes, Cage, Morgan, Watkins, and Blankenship. That's eight guys. I think you'll probably see two, three more guys play, especially on special teams. Um, talk about who you think is going to uh, step up and get some playing time in their first season. Um, I, I would have said those eight guys as well, as guys that I would have on my list as very likely uh, to get playing time. Uh, I, I mean, I think Quinn and Nelson is a big-time player, and I think he's going to be great mm-hmm. at Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, he, he'll he compete. He'll compete right away. Like, you don't come in and he's doing 26 uh, uh, reps at 225, and before he got even came to uh, and, yeah. and got to work with Notre Dame's strength program, like, uh, I mean, that's growing man strength for for a kid. So, I mean, physically, he's going to be someone who's ready to play right away. And, uh, I mean, his film is just ridiculous. He's just destroying kids. I like and to I call him has... IHOP. Yeah, sorry. I like to call him the IHOP because it's straight pancakes for I know, yeah. six, seven and, minutes. And he's – I definitely think he's someone that, you know, you don't expect – like, I expect to be – very similar to Steve Elmer last year, mm-hmm. where maybe he's not going to be... I, I would be shocked if he started from Rice all the way on, but right. uh, I definitely could see him starting some games, being in the rotation, 
and being somebody that, uh, because let's face it, he's probably someone who's going to be after, uh, you know, after four years, if he had another year of eligibility, he, he's the kind of guy who might, might be good enough to go to the NFL right then. So, I mean, you want a guy to use his whole four years if he's good enough. So yeah, he's the guy. So I, you know, I'm turning this into just big uh, Quentin Nelson <laughs> gush fest, but he's the guy for me because I mean he is the five star player uh, in this class. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's going to be a ton of guys who play, uh, you know, on, on special teams. You know, Morgan is the one guy that everyone wants to watch to see because I mean it's really hard to play uh, for a freshman to play uh, inside linebacker in any scheme. Uh, and play a lot as a freshman. Like M- Manti Teo didn't start from day one, and Torian Smith was ahead of him. It wasn't like uh, you know <laughs> we had uh, you know uh, Michael Stonebreaker in front of him, right? It was uh, not not the greatest uh, inside linebacker in this year of Notre Dame in front of him. So <clears throat> yeah, it just it just showed you, and and you know Manti Teo was five star, Mister Everything too. So it's it's really really hard, but I mean, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm really interested to see if he gets some playing time. Now, I was kind of reluctant to put Blakenship down there. I, when we reviewed the the recruiting class, I kind of said I wasn't really overly impressed with his recruiting tape and his film. But you know, Brian Kelly has talked about him a couple times, and they seem to love his size. And do you think he's someone who can come in and play defensive end? But he's kind of a lot like. You know, someone like Rochelle, who's just, you know, they're they're pretty tall. And they're just big kids that don't really seem to fit either defensive end or even on the in, inside. It's almost like a, a mini Jaron Jones, but it, as we've seen, Jones has been able to adapt and play pretty well in the interior. Do you think, you know, I put Blankenship down, but I don't know if I've really convinced myself of that. Um, I think physically, like it sounds like he came in at a really good weight. Um. I mean, he's a guy that you would say, if you just said his dimensions, you would think he's a guy who can compete to play uh, early. But I, I don't, I just don't know, like, um, you know, because if anything, I don't think he's going to be a guy who, who plays a lot. I, I, I'm not really sure how he's going to do against the run if he gets mm-hmm. there. And, um Maybe as a as a sub package pass rusher type guy, but uh, you know that kind of comes in and um, you know, like you said, he could be like a bit of a tweener. So he, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, but maybe he comes in and he gives some in, inside pass rush mm-hmm. in, in that kind of role. But I mean, virtually every play he made in high school, he was unblocked, um, and. That's never a good sign to me. That's never a good sign. So, um, you know, I, I want to see this guy take on blocks, and I, I want to hear how he does in camp because he can look great right now and, you know, working in the summer since he's been there and be, be one of those guys that uh, is getting a lot of attention. But, you know, let's see when he has to go up against, uh, um, you know, Ronnie Stanley, uh, you know, in a – in a in a run blocking drill, uh, and and see how he how he holds up, or see how he pass rushes against a guy like Ronnie Stanley. Like, uh, you know, if 
I, I don't think he'll he's quite as ready as some people believe. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, last year, there was a little bit of concern about who would be named captains, but of course we had Zach Martin there, and TJ Jones ended up stepping up. We're kind of asking the same questions again this year, and it seems like you know this is a huge question mark for the team in terms of leadership. I know just because you name someone a captain doesn't necessarily mean that that person's going to be a terrific leader or that you don't need other leaders on the team, but in your mind, and I'm just going to throw who I put on my list here as I as the guys that I would pick off of this list, um, and then maybe you can tell me who you think is going to get picked. Um, so for captains this year, Lombard, Collinsworth, Golson, McDaniel, Koyak, Martin, Grace, Schmidt, Stanley, Day, Russell, and Jalen. Now, Day, Russell, Stanley are all juniors. Jalen's a sophomore. Um, it probably would be a surprise if Jalen was elected a captain. You don't usually see that almost ever from a true sophomore. So I think it would be a, maybe a good sign if he did, but maybe a bad sign. So that's tough to say. And then the three guys that I picked off of that were McDaniel, Martin, and then either Grace or Schmidt. And I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I'm not sure if they would pick three white captains. Who, who would you be your two or three guys you think are going to get the nod this year? Um, yeah, when I, when I saw uh, you sent me this question, uh, there really isn't anyone who you're like, oh, yeah, he's in. Like, there's, there's no one on the roster that I think is a sure thing there. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, Nick Martin, you hear a lot about how he is really kind of, you know, being the center, uh, plus being Zach's brother, mm -hmm. uh, being someone who's taken a leadership role along the O-line. I, I would say him or Lombard have to be one of the captains. I, I, I would be shocked if one of those guys uh, wasn't the captain, wasn't a captain. Um, you know, Golson is someone that I think, you know, you, you think of in possibly that role, um, but, you know, I'm just not 100% sold. And on defense, like you said, Jalen Smith is the guy. I think he's like a natural leader type, but for a true sophomore to be a captain, it's just so rare. And I, I don't, like... He might be the leader of the defense, but I don't know if he's going to be a captain. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, Collinsworth is is the one guy that I would think maybe just because of experience. But, man, I, I don't know. I mean, that's one thing that I'm, I'm pretty concerned about on defense is just the overall leadership because there's a lot of, lot of young guys. Um, you know, and it sounds like Sh Sheldon Day is much more of a – lead by example type guy and right. with him being a junior too so I, I don't know there's I'm not I, this one I'm, I'm kind of stumped who uh, I, I don't really expect anyone I'll, I'll I'm very interested to see what happens do you think it seemed like a few months ago everyone kind of was assuming that it wouldn't be goals and do you think now that we've had time to see him practice in the spring and come back and work his way onto the team and all that stuff do you think you know, he's probably got a better chance than we thought back in January or February. Yeah, I definitely think he has a better chance than we thought back then, but I always, like, you know, think that 
I mean, history always is the greatest indicator of what's going to happen with this kind of stuff. And uh, it's a little bit different situation, but you remember uh, when Michael Floyd, uh, when he got into trouble and uh, he wasn't dismissed from the university or anything like that, but he was suspended from team activities and uh, his captaincy was stripped from him. And... Uh, I mean, he is a guy who's, I mean, obviously didn't change in terms of how he was as a leader. Like, the guy is uh, just phenomenal. His work ethic is phenomenal. And I, I don't know, Eric, if you ever got a chance to watch uh, Floyd practice, but the guy was like, he, he ran through the bags like it was, uh, you know, <laughs> fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. The guy was just go, go, go all the time. It was just a tremendous leader in terms of his work ethic. Uh, so, it, I mean, it didn't really affect all that, but, I mean, I think about him, and I'm like, if he wasn't named the captain, and I, I completely understand the reasons why, and I think Kelly was probably right, you know, so that's why I could see Golson not... Uh, but he's had a bit more time. Um, you know, he participated in the spring. They've had all these, uh, you know... In the summer, the quarterback's always the guy getting the guys together for the seven-on-seven sessions. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Like, it, it, it also depends, too. Like, if, if, they, if Kelly waits until the last week uh, before Rice to name uh, the starting quarterback, then I, don't, I, I would be shocked if Golson was a captain. Yeah, that's a good point. I wanted to bring up a couple things uh, in terms of that. Um, it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of talk about Zaire being a great player. He's really talented, strong runner, improved as a passer. But, you know, when you start hearing all these things out of South Bend with Zaire, it's, he is the picture-perfect leader for the program. And you're kind of looking at things, you know, it's not like Golson's going to start and they're going to name Zaire captain, but I just think it's interesting where we have not really a great list of captains or potential captains, and you know you want to name your quarterback a captain, but then you have someone who's going to be almost likely a backup who has tremendous leadership ability from what we've been able to hear from coaches and people in and around the program. So you know, I think that's a, an interesting dynamic as well. Another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the coaches being able to do a little bit more with the team in the summer. You know, they haven't had that before, so. We'll see if that plays into, you know, Brian Kelly being able to see Golson working in the summer with the team, and maybe that'll help his chances as well. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good point, uh, and a great point about Zaire too. Which, I mean, it just it's they're different personalities, him and Golson, right? I think Golson is much more introverted and less comfortable, and um, maybe a little bit less cocky. Then Zaire, like Zaire, I think is a little bit cocky, not in a bad way, just in a like a like a he's sure of himself. Like he he's the kind of guy like whenever you um, hear him, uh, you know, interviewed, he's always saying like you know, oh, I, you know, I'm gonna win this job, or he's he's very he's very sure of himself. Mm-hmm. And I think guys gravitate towards a guy like that um, rather than you know they want to know. Uh, a guy's there, but I mean, at the same time, you know, Everett Golson won all those games, uh, and Zaire hasn't played, so uh, it's I, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. 
So it, this tends to happen almost every single fall camp. Um, it's almost like one side of the ball dominates and the other side is struggling. And then we will watch a pra an open practice or something, and that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. But is there any way that it won't be the offense this year that is the, uh, the dominant side of the ball? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you would, you would think um, that that's the way it's going to be because the offense should be better than the defense this year. But in saying that, just in general, in any camp, the defense is usually ahead just because there's a lot more install that has to go, um, go on for um, the offense. And the defense, you can, you, can you, can, you can play base defense and just have guys run around and be a lot more comfortable than, you know, and make less mental mistakes than you would uh, um, during uh, during offense. But, I mean, we'll see because, I mean, Brian Van Gorder also famously has a very complicated defense, at least complicated for um, uh, college kids. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I thought it was interesting. We were assuming the offense was going to be dominating in the spring, and then we watched a couple videos and there's some talk out of camp that they weren't handling the blitzes very well, you know, Golson in the first team offense or having all these three and outs. So, you know, I I always kind of enjoy how people react to news like that, you know, let's say in fall camp kind of that same dynam dynamic is happening where the blitzes are really getting home and Golson's kind of struggling with the pressure. I mean, do we take that as oh my god Maybe our defense is going to be better. Do we take that as, wow, Golson's struggling. The line isn't going to be as good this year, you know. So I always think that's a really fun uh, discussion point in fall camp. Yeah, and I also think too, people take too much from spring ball and from fall camp just in general, in terms of oh, this guy's doing really well. Like you know, Corey Robinson, for example, last year it's like, wow, you know, this guy's going to be a red zone threat. You know, mm -hmm. like he just no one can cover him in the red zone and just throw jump balls to him, whatever. You know what? It never happened the yeah. whole season, right? It didn't happen. Um, you know, so how someone performs during fall camp, in the long run, like, it means nothing. It means nothing because when the games get going, or Amir Carlisle, perfect example, the last two springs, you know, he's lighting it up. You know, everyone's talking about Amir Carlisle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously he had a, very disappointing season, uh, you know, his first first year, first uh, year of eligibility. Uh, no, not first year of eligibility because he was uh, hurt that other year. But the first year he got to play for Notre Dame, he was it was not uh, not what it, what people expected from him. And you know, so no one really knows because of that. Like I think you take how he performs in the spring, or if you hear about him this fall camp with a grain of salt, like him and C.J. Procise both two guys that you hear a lot of great things about, but you want to you want to see it when they play Rice, um, you know, when they play Michigan, and and so on and so forth. All right, our last question here. We'll have a little bit of fun with this one. This doesn't have to be anybody who you think is going to play a lot or anything like that. But who are some of the players you're just interested to seeing competing in August? I restricted my list just to freshmen and sophomores because we kind of know what we have with the. Uh, the upperclassmen. So, who are you? 
What are you really looking forward to seeing suit up in a couple days? Um, for me, it's two guys, and they're both on defense. Uh, Isaac Rochelle. Uh, oh, okay. You know, he. I, I I was thinking about him because you just haven't heard a lot about him. Uh, you know, but he played as a freshman. Uh, you know, similar to how Sheldon Day played as a freshman. Obviously, Sheldon Day was hurt for most of his sophomore year, but you still heard a lot of good things about him. You haven't really heard anything about Isaac Rochelle, although, I mean, they were very encouraged by, you know, his potential, and they definitely liked him when they signed him. But I just kind of want to see how he progresses. Like, you know, is he going to make a big leap as a sophomore? Um and, I, I mean, it would be huge if he did take a leap. Uh, you know, he's someone that I, I would be great to hear that he's competing uh, to be a starter uh, or at least be, like, someone that you can count on mm-hmm. as a definite rotation guy. Like, if he's still, like, a, if he's only a guy who's playing five to ten plays a game, like, that's disappointing to me. Like, I, I want to hear that this guy is contributing and on, on track to, uh, you know, make an impact in some kind of way this year and then, you know, hopefully be, like, a guy we can count on as a junior as a junior and a, and a senior. Um, and then the other guy uh, is another guy who's, who's not an underclassman, technically, because he's going he's gonna be a junior this year. Uh, but he kind of feels like he's an underclassman just because he's more potential than substance, and that's Elijah Shoemate. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, just because... Um, I, I mean, he's someone, I, I think he's got a ton of talent, uh, just like athletic talent. I mean, he came in as a freshman. Uh, he played in the nickel uh, as a freshman, kind of pl- mostly played kind of like a corner role, which just showed you, too, because he's not a corner, that, uh, you know, Andy was desperate for corners. Uh, that You know, that his freshman season, they were desperate for corners his freshman season if he was playing nickel. And then last year, I mean, he started some games but never really made the kind of impact or the kind of jump that you thought he was going to make. And, uh, I mean, I think safety in general was just a big disappointment for for everyone last year. And, you know, there's talk of him like, well, is he going to get a shot at Sam? Is he going to compete there with James Onowalu and John Turner? Uh, And he's just one of those guys you just don't know. Uh, what's going to happen with him? But I think he still has talent, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that he's got a chance. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, is maybe mentally he isn't picking it up, or maybe he made a big jump over the summer mentally with the defense. But I really want to hear, uh, you know, how he's doing because I think he's someone that I, when when he signed, I expected him. I was like. This guy's going to be a good player. Like just talent-wise, he's going to eventually be a good player for Notre Dame. And then when he played as a freshman, which you know not everyone expected him to play that much, uh, you know I kind of ex- I expected a bit more fr- from him uh, in his sophomore year. So I mean, it's kind of and you know going into his junior year, it's kind of a make or break year in terms of what he's going to be because very few guys do nothing, uh, you know. Jonas Gray being the only exception I can think of off the top of my head, but like very few guys do nothing for most of their careers, then all of a sudden make an impact as a senior. So he's someone you it's either like he's gonna make an impact this year or you know, he's gonna transfer or he's gonna be just 
uh, just a special teams guy purely for his career. So I, I'm really interested to hear how he goes. I know those are two kind of unconventional guys, but yeah, those were my guys. I know I like that. I like those two players a lot. Um, you know, some talk about Shoemate playing Sam linebacker, but I mean, it's weird. There's like seven or eight safeties on the roster, and now we've moved guys around and. You know, safety has Collinsworth, Hardy, Barati, and Redfield. And if you move Shoemate, I mean, who? I mean, you have four guys there. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of bodies. So, I'm with you on Shoemate. That's a really, that's a really cool pick that you had. Um, me being me, I wrote down ten guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the only one that I'm really, in terms of like starter, is Redfield. I, I just want to see him, just put up that safety position on lockdown. I'm assuming Collinsworth is going to be one of the other starting safeties. Um, you know, I, I would be surprised if he's not one of the starters, so hopefully him and Redfield can gel together and we can go into the, the season at least knowing that we've got the safety position worked out from the standpoint of having starters. Um, you know, if Shoemate plays a part in that, we'll see. Um, I just listed other guys that I'm interested in to watch uh, inside inside linebacker Deeb and Randolph. I'm wondering if they're going to be making a jump and what we're going to get out of them. Matuska is an under-the-radar guy on the, the line. I'm wondering, you know, is he going to be a third-string guy who mostly stands on the sidelines this year, or is he going to be kind of like you were saying with Rochelle, is, is Matuska going to be that 5 to 10 snaps and Rochelle is going to be, you know, above him, or is... You know, Rochelle going to be still on the five to ten snaps, and Matuska will be below him, or whatever you have. Um, Smith and Hierman, or Hierman, I believe it is, for, at tight end. I'm just wondering what we're going to get out of them. It seems like we're not going to be utilizing the tight end position as much as in years past, but I'm still interested to see, you know, what those guys bring to the table. Um, Tory Hunter, at wide receiver, coming off the injury, um, intrigued to see what he has to offer. A lot of good things been said about him. Um, Johnny Williams is one of my favorite players from the freshman class, and I know his, he does probably doesn't have the size to play this year, but I just think he's going to be a pass-rushing demon, and I'm wondering if, you know, are we going to see flashes in fall camp? or like, wow, this guy's going to be really good as a defensive end or some sort of a third-down pass-rushing outside linebacker, or is he going to be more of like a slow, you know, a really slow development in his in his career, and maybe we're not going to see anything till the middle of his sophomore year. So I'm interested to see him. And then, you know, Morgan, obviously, at middle linebacker, what are we going to get there? Is he going to be starting? Is that too much to ask? And then the last guy is Colin Hill. I think he has a chance to possibly play a little bit this year, maybe not a whole lot, but I think physically he's ready, and he has some print shembo in him. So those are the guys that I'm looking forward to uh, keeping an eye on. Um. I mean, I'll, I would like like that list. Um, Matushka is an interesting guy. I'm yeah. Just very interested to see. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns too with, with the general roster. Um, I I really want to hear how uh, some of these guys progress, and you know, um, that that's the great thing about college football is that guys make like take make leaps. And they do it from uh, year to year, and from even from uh, spring to the fall. So, because uh, kids are still physically developing and maturing, and like look at um, you know Jerron Jones, 
he was someone that I think people thought, ah, no, this guy's not even close. And then all of a sudden, he kind of gets, you know, thrown in the mix there at the end of the season and played, I mean, did great against BYU and Stanford and and apparently, too, in the last, uh, I was reading something the other day that in the last, you know, like, uh, basically since the start of uh, the year, he's made an even bigger jump. So I'm, I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, how much better he is. And, I mean, can he be a dominant player? Like, um, you know, he was a guy that whenever someone comes out of uh, a school where maybe they didn't have the, the greatest competition and they were just dominating just because they could, uh, it's always interesting to see how they progress. And, um, you know, he was a fairly highly rated kid, four-star kid. He played in the Army All-American game. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm interested to see uh, if he can become, you know, a dominant player. And, you know, maybe he's the next Knicks to it type of guy for us. All right, that's going to end our 33rd podcast. Notre Dame opens up their fall camp on August 4th. They'll be at Culver Academy for about a week. Um, and then I believe they'll come back to South Bend uh, on the weekend or maybe that next Monday. But... First week will be at Culver Academy, about an hour away from campus, and then they'll trans- transition back to campus for another three weeks. Football is upon us here, everybody. It's is a really fun time. Hopes are, uh, everyone has high hopes, um, and that's always the case with Notre Dame football. Jamie, do you have anything else to say before we get out of here? Oh, yeah. One other thing that I wanted to bring up was okay. uh, I saw um, this weekend Brady Quinn was uh, – named uh, as a college football analyst, was hired as a college football analyst by Fox Sports, uh, and is going to work some games with uh, uh, Tim Brando, apparently. Oh, yep. So, uh, you know, obviously that's great for Brady Quinn, but whenever that happens, I always think that's really good for Notre Dame. Whenever there's another Notre Dame guy in the media who's kind of like on our side, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, and I, I don't know if you've ever listened to him on any like podcasts or any of the kind of stuff that he's, he's been really like kind of hitting it hard this off season. Cause obviously his, uh, career, he was still trying to catch on with, with teams in the NFL, but I think he was pretty, it was pretty clear to most people that his career was either over or very close to being over in the NFL. Um, and he's, he's, Great, and I think he's going to be really, really good on on TV for Fox. And uh, also, too, it's just another guy to uh, to tell Byron Cowart that's his what what he wants to do. He wants to be, <laughs> uh, you know, broadcast uh, sports broadcasting. That's what he wants to do. So, hey, here's another guy we can show. Get the sizzle reel ready, uh, you know, <laughs> recruiting and ending recruiting staff because. Uh, yeah, gosh, oh my God, By- Byron Carrick, he's the he's the guy that uh, uh, you know we've talked. You know, you mentioned about uh, you know we talked basically this whole podcast about the problems at defensive end on the roster right now, and then obviously in recruiting, there's no real definitive answers. But I mean, if he if he somehow signed with Notre Dame, he is the answer. He's yeah. I, he's He's a phenomenal player, and to me, he's a day-one starter when he gets into college, and that is extremely rare for a defensive end. So, um, yeah, get that sizzle reel ready with uh, Brady Quinn and Hannah Storm and everybody else 
with Notre Dame Connections, who's uh, in sports broadcasting, and, and get it out there for Byron to take a look at, and hopefully that helps uh, helps sway him towards Notre Dame. So is this kind of Brady Quinn's unofficial retirement from the NFL? He didn't officially retire, did he? I don't think he. I don't think he officially retired. Uh, I've heard him on podcasts saying that he was looking for, um, you know, to catch on with another team, but. Then again, camp started right now, and he's not in a camp, you know. Mm. So he he didn't get invited. I think it was, you know, I think that must be it. Must be his unofficial retirement. Uh, you know, the writing was on the wall. Even if he was going to go, he's just gonna he was going to be a third quarterback type of mentor type guy, um, you know, where he's going to just kind of uh, help groom uh, a younger guy. So. Uh, yeah, maybe he was just decided, and and also too, he's he had, in, I mean, he has he had injury problems his whole career there, and he uh, he had to have back surgery in the off season, so uh, maybe his back is done too, and maybe that's that's a sign. But hmm. uh, I don't I don't think if if he's doing it, I don't imagine that uh, he'll be Tim Tebow saying, "Oh, I'm still trying to make the NFL." Like, yeah, uh, I think he's done. Like he you know he played six years. Obviously, he didn't have as good a career as a lot of people expected, and part of that was due to his holdout at the beginning, and part of that due to his injuries. But um, I mean, obviously, he's—I I think he's going to be very good on TV and a, a good representative for for Notre Dame on TV. That's for sure. And 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 you know, other than just being a good example, I think he's actually going to be really good at the job. So um, yeah, looking forward to hearing him uh, on some games this season. Yeah, I was just going to say. Doesn't seem like he was in the league all that long, but six years is a—I don't know. Seems kind of like yesterday that he was quarterback at Notre Dame. So what he probably made about ten million in the league. There's worse things that can happen in your life. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he 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 probably made uh, you know close to ten or maybe a little bit more than that. And um, I mean, he's he's gonna be famous and whatever. And I think he re- remember when he. Originally got drafted, he was in Subway commercials and mm-hmm. I think Metrex and all this stuff. So uh, he got, he got some money before he even took a snap. So yeah, uh, now I'm done. That was the uh, the tagline. I can't ever hear that ever again without thinking about him. So <laughs> I know, yeah, that was terrible. All um, right, good luck to Brady Quinn in his new career. Hopefully, it'll be a smooth transition. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, 33rd episode. Uh, we'll hopefully we'll be back within another week or two talking about actual football and all the new stuff that the players are doing and what the coaches are doing with Notre Dame football. That's Jamie. I'm Eric, and we will see you later.